0: If you've got a few minutes to spare, it's time to get stuck into technology news with The Wrap. It's July 21, and for the end of this week, this is The Wrap, Australia's fastest helping of technology, served on a spoon and plated with a scone or two. And this week we get right into the news by taking a bite out of Pandora, which only has a little over one week left to get your fill of Australian access to the service. Yes, you have until July 31 to enjoy Pandora's online Create Your Own Radio service, with the company due to pull out of the Australian market from July 31, leaving subscribers to find another way to get their music fill. That means if you do regularly rely on Pandora, you'll want to make other arrangements considering options like Apple Music, Google Play, Spotify or Tidal, each offering their own take of what radio can deliver when you create an online radio station based on an artist or style of music that you like. As far as we understand, Pandora is getting out of the Australian and New Zealand markets to concentrate on growth in America, which is where it's from. And while we can't help but feel the approach is more than a little flawed, because companies usually grow out rather than implode and grow back inwards, we're sorry to see it go and suggest that rather than wait out the remainder of Pandora's days, subscribers should try other services ASAP, pretty much as soon as you can. Seriously, get your 90 days free of Apple Music or your 30 days free of either Google, Spotify or Tidal. And if that doesn't suit, just hold up because once Pandora pulls the plug on Australian access, you can bet we'll try and give you a way of returning access just as quickly. Now, while Pandora is on its way out, Google is on its way in, announcing that its Google Home and Wi-Fi products are on their way to Australian stores. We're not always the first stop on Google's product release tour, but Australia isn't super behind this time, with home and Wi-Fi only running a few months behind where they are in America, and very different reasons for release, basically very different products overall. First there's Google Home, a unique little appliance aimed at giving you Google's assistant in a small device that can not only listen to your commands, but also act on them. So let's say you want Google to tell you what the weather is like in New Orleans because you want to remind yourself how awesome it is in the French Quarter. Well to do that you merely have to say, hey Google what's the weather like in New Orleans? Currently in New Orleans it's 27 degrees Celsius and clear. Today it'll be mostly sunny with a forecast high of 35 and a low of 26. Getting news and weather is one side of the equation because if you've begun the transition to making your home smarter with connected speakers and Wi-Fi light bulbs, you can tell a Google Home unit to turn on the lights in your living room by saying, OK Google, turn on the lights in the living room. You got it. Turning the living room on. Ultimately, Google Home will be the first step for many in converting the home into a smart home and with a speaker built directly in the unit, could essentially create a multi-room music system throughout the house with a microphone that, like Frasier, is always listening. At one home 199 dollars each, Google Home is a very interesting concept that will likely get more features as more companies connect with the system and its API, making it more likely that Google Assistant can talk to more aspects of your life, even if it can't right now send a message to your wife and baby that you love them and you miss them a lot. Sorry, I can't send messages yet. Launched alongside Google Home is Google Wi-Fi. Google's attempt at making Wi-Fi around the home easier by creating what's called a mesh network. Now, mesh networks are one of those things that haven't really been used tremendously in home networks, and outside the Sonos multi-room audio products, we haven't seen much from uh, until this year anyway. 2017 has instead revealed quite a few networking products based on the idea of a mesh network, and Google's aims to be a proper mesh, bolstering the network strength of each network node and access point you bring to the table. Basically, these things are little points that you put around the home. And for Google's, they'll cost $199 each, but Google will sell you a three-pack for $499. And the idea is that you'll basically set these up in rooms where you want the Wi-Fi to be bolstered, spreading across your home, creating what is basically a Wi-Fi blueprint in the architectural sense for your home. Or to put it more simply, you know how when your significant other complains that the Wi-Fi isn't working in the bedroom? That. Consider this a fix for that. You'll find Google Wi-Fi in stores across the country shortly, alongside that of Google Home, each selling for $199. Also arriving in Australia this week are products made for the budget buyers out in the world, with new gadgets from the likes of Oppo and Kogan. First, we'll do that thing from Kogan, as Australia's basically their favourite e-tailer, re-enters the world of inexpensive TVs by making a massive 75-inch 4K Ultra HD television for less than two grand. Now, we're not going to lie, We don't anticipate Kogan's 75-inch or 4K Tele to be the most amazing thing on the planet, but given that 4K Ultra HD screens above 65 inches tend to cost at least four or five grand, Kogan sure knows what buttons to press to make people curious about this one, and with a release date of late August, it's not far off either. Next up is Oppo, or Oppo as the company likes to call itself. We'll just call it Oppo, and this week the company has announced a new model in its lineup of phones that look and feel remarkably like an iPhone. While Oppo's phones run Android and so therefore aren't obviously iPhones, plus Apple is also the only company to actually make an iPhone, Oppo's mobiles have always followed very much in line with what Apple has designed, opting for a slim metal look that is so reminiscent of what Apple makes, it's hard not to call the products an iClone. While some might call this a problem, it's something that has worked very well for Oppo, giving it an edge, especially in places where the iPhone sells very well. Like, Australia. This week, there's a new model to look at, as Oppo brings a $649 smartphone to Australia, featuring two rear cameras, one 16 megapixel made for low light, and the other 20 megapixels made for less low light, more light. You know what I mean. You'll also find a metal body, a 5.5-inch Full HD screen, support for 4G, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth and a big 3000 milliamp battery. But really the big deal with this one is that it's a phone sporting two cameras to let you get a little closer without needing that compact camera. Much like you can do on the iPhone 7 Plus, but without spending anywhere near as much. In fact, with the 7 Plus starting at $1,269, Oppo's R11 hits hard at a price nearly half of that, making it tempting if the look of an iPhone and dual cameras is what you're after. We'll let you know what it's like later on with a full review, but that won't be this week. At Picker, we have reviewed two products this week, so if you head to the website at picker.com.au, you can read our thoughts on Bang & Olufsen's H9 wireless headphones and Microsoft's new Surface Pro. But suffice to say, we like both, albeit for different reasons, even if both were a little less value-packed than we'd have liked. And that means we're out of time for the wrap this week, but we'll be back the same time next week with more tech news and possibly a review, all in the space of time it's supposed to take for your bus or train to arrive. It's okay. We know. You're going to be late. It's fine. It's just a thing. Stare out the window. Pretend Pretend you're in New Orleans, you know, where Where Google said it was a nice temperature. Just pretend you're there. It's a thing. It's easier that way. From everyone here at Picker, take care and have a great week.